Hi, everyone. Welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. My name is Yitz Epstein. I'm a narcissistic abuse recovery life coach. Today, I'll be talking about the effects of abuse, any form of abuse, but specifically narcissistic abuse on sexual identity. So just to begin, sexual identity is referred to the way one thinks of themselves in terms of one's sexual attraction, romantic attraction, and this is greatly affected by the way one is treated during childhood. Now, even though a child may not be sexually abused, that does not mean that their sexuality has not been deeply affected. Because sexual sexuality, which uh, ideally should be synonymous with vulnerability, is the the when when a child is being abused in any form, uh, they are their vulnerability is tainted. They are now essentially emotionally wounded and oftentimes go into defense mechanisms that in order to protect themselves, which later on do not, uh, unless they're identified, are not, not going to necessarily uh, leave. So these, the, the individual, the child is being abused, will uh, start to see themselves as ugly, disgusting, shameful. Uh, these are some of the negative feelings that are uh, absorbed from, from abuse. Uh, ultimately, a child will feel the, the will internalize the message behind the abuse, especially if it's a parent, uh, because parents are such a powerful uh, a influence over the child, and therefore the child will absorb these negative messages into their own psyche, into their own emotional well-being, and feel as if they are unlovable, unacceptable, and, and shameful. So when a child is building this sexual identity, which usually begins to happen at the ages of 12 and 13, the child will start to uh, explore uh, this avenue of, of, of awareness and start to realize that their feelings are uh, are, are usually associated with toxic shame and, and feelings of guilt. Now, these, these feelings um, could be stemming from a couple of different things. First of all, uh, any feelings, if, you have a, if there's a narcissistic parent who's controlling, any feelings of individuation will need to be will 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 feel like like you're disappointing mom dad and ultimately need to be rejected. So, if there's a feeling of sexual uh, attraction or sexual identity being built, the child will feel that they're uh, they're rebelling and they will need to shut down these feelings uh, because they're considered bad. Uh, in addition, because of the shame that's being absorbed uh, at the ages of 12 and 13 when the sexual identity is being developed, it's really being developed throughout. Uh, the, the the individual's life, but uh, the main uh, I, I would say growth happens at the time. The great the main individual individuation of sexual identity happens during that time, uh, and when that happens, uh, if there's shame, then the the shame is going to distort the the sense of uh, sexual growth and really uh, healthy sexual development. So it comes down to the shame that the child experiences for having these feelings to begin with. Uh, and oftentimes, the, well, when the child is, is creating these, these viewpoints and starting to learn about their own sexuality, what it represents, what it means, uh, this is done primarily by the mirroring and, and attunement of a parent. So a parent who is healthy will help the child uh, will reflect back that these feelings are acceptable, which will then allow the child to feel acceptable with these feelings and then accept them within their own life and ultimately develop them. When this is not the case, uh, when there is humiliation, shame, guilting, you know, physical, sexual, emotional, or narcissistic abuse, the child will um, will start to see these feelings as negative because the parent has not validated them, has not accepted them, usually because the parent themselves has not accepted their own sexual identity, their own sexual feelings as their own, and nurture them in a healthy way. So I'm not going to go ahead and generalize, but I would go out on a limb and say that a lot of 
abuse stems from a lack of sexual identity uh, and a distorted sense of sexuality. Because as Freud says, most of what we do is motivated by this very powerful force, uh, this sexual identity, this sexual force. So therefore, when this is distorted, there's going to be unconscious drives and urges, uh, especially when there's stuff down, when, we, when there's a stuffing down of sexual urges, uh, they'll come out in very distorted ways and oftentimes in sexual abuse, but not just that, oftentimes emotional uh, and, and, and a whole host of other abusive tactics. So this is... Uh, not, not necessarily the only way that, that sexual identity is tainted. Um, when there is, um, when there is a, uh, a certain sense of um, uh, entitlement, you know, uh, let's say there's a battle, you know, narcissistic families will have, will have sibling rivalry and they would oftentimes be battle of the sexes. Uh, narcissists tend to divide and conquer uh, and, and dividing the sexualities will certainly not uh, be rare in narcissistic families because ultimately if you can turn the boys against the girls and create more divide and conquering, uh, it'll assist. It'll be a lot easier to control the family unit. So that being said, the, the, there oftentimes be the narcissistic parent, whether it's a male or if it's the father or the mother, will create a sense of the opposite sex is weaker and, and, and needs to be annihilated. Uh, and this severely distorts the sexual identity because ultimately speaking, when you become an adult and you have this mindset of the opposite sex is something that needs to be conquered and needs to be controlled, you will enter into relationships with the same relationship pattern, relationship dynamics, and then ultimately look to control your partner, which is really where you see a lot of the narcissistic abuse happens in intimate relationships because of this reason, because the sexual urges and sexual identity have been so contorted and so covertly distorted and, and destroyed um, that oftentimes the victim has no idea why they have feelings this way and why they are distorted and ultimately what's driving them, what's the driving force behind their destructive tendencies and urges to destroy their partner. Um, but it mostly happens, I would say narcissistic abuse mostly happens within intimate relationships because of this very reason, because the sexual uh, tension and the sexual feelings that have been distorted and ultimately abused have nowhere to go and seemingly, uh, when they get projected onto their partner, which, is, which happens because they cannot be projected onto the cause, um, the victim of the narcissistic, covert narcissistic abuse oftentimes has no idea that they're a victim of it and that their parent has been perpetrating this way. Uh, it'll seem like the first for the first time in their life, entering into adulthood, into intimate relationships, this will be seemingly the cause of why they have this rage, these feelings of rage and anger and ultimately wanting to destroy the opposite sex. But in reality, if we trace it back to childhood abuse, there will most usually be uh, uh, abuse essentially from, from a parent or a, or a primary caregiver or, uh, or, um, or even family members that have made this, uh, that have abused the, the, the vulnerability of the child, making them feel shameful, ugly, and, and unacceptable, uh, which really slips over into sexuality so covertly, it's, it's really difficult to identify. One of the other forms of sexual abuse, uh, one of the very less, lesser known forms of sexual abuse is covert sexual abuse, covert incest is referred to. So this is a very insidious form of molestation that happens uh, with narcissistic parents where they enmesh with their, with their children. Uh, and it's very difficult to identify. Everyone who has experienced this, I would not say everyone, but those who have experienced this form of, of, of enmeshment uh, show similar symptoms of sexual abuse, of molestation, yet they can never pinpoint because there will be no physical memory of it happening because they were never physically touched, but emotionally they have been enmeshed because obviously narcissistic abusers do not have boundaries. 
uh, they're not able to uh, see their child for who they are and they enmesh and ultimately that's how they control their children by enmeshing and, and destroying any boundaries that are placed up. So that being said, it creates a sort of sexual dysfunction, a smothering effect of the, of the child's sexual identity. And, um, and this can happen really not necessarily narcissistic abuse, but also smothering and, and, and uh, any, any time that the child feels that they are not safe to feel these feelings that are very natural, uh, they will then do to themselves things such as stuffing down their feelings or rejecting, dismissing, projecting them, or, uh, or hurting others as a, as, a, as a way of coping and dealing with their inner emotional, emotional turmoil um, that almost always slips over to uh, the, the sexual identity that, is, that is, has been distorted and in many ways leading to uh, adult relationship, specifically intimate relationship dysfunction. So if you are struggling with intimacy, if there's a fear of intimacy, if there's a sense of hate towards the opposite sex, if there's a certain sort of, um, of uh, you know, inability to maintain long-term relationships, take a look at the identity that you have built within the sexual identity and how you how you feel about sex in general, how you feel about your body, about your about the idea of of of, of being intimate. Uh, and when you do this, you might come to term, you might come to, to the awareness that there is a certain sexual identity trauma, so to speak, where uh, you were never really able to feel safe uh, being intimate, being being emotionally naked, psychologically uh, vulnerable to being connecting to another person. Because always it'll trip up the toxic shame when you are trying to be intimate. So this is a vital aspect of healing from narcissistic abuse is understanding that there is going to be most usually sexual trauma that is not actually sexually uh, necessarily, um, or I should say physically uh, visible. Uh, you want to take a look at the way your emotions have been contorted and distorted. Um, if there was sexual abuse, of course, that would affect it. But not just that. Any emotional abuse that is going to cause the child to feel badly about who they are and their vulnerability and, 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 and cause great shame. So in order to work through this, it'll, like I said, it'll be vital to identify that these happen, uh, but it will be important to feel your feelings and, and come to terms with the fact that there is a sexual trauma, even though there wasn't any physical touching. There is going to be, a, you know, in order, a healthy personality, uh, the, uh, the sexual aspect of a healthy personality needs to get developed. And unless it gets developed, it gets, it gets stuffed down or broken or even uh, you know, distorted to the point where it affects every aspect of our lives. Our sexual identity is a huge part of how we view ourselves, how we view relationships, how we view others. So um, this is really a subtle aspect of abuse that re really goes unseen and unchecked. Um, but it is very important to, uh, to take a look at it and see how it might be affecting you in your daily life. So if you are struggling with, uh, with trauma of your past that is affecting uh, your ability to relate and to be intimate and to have making you uh, contort your ideas of sexuality and uh, there's a good chance that there's going to be a sexual trauma that is that is stemming from childhood abuse so please do reach out i'd love to help you heal that and and rebuild your sexual identity so you can feel strong and confident in who you are as a sexual being as a human being who has drives that are normal and perfectly natural uh, i can be reached at yitz that's y-i-t-z at psychologicalhealingcenter.com Please feel free to, for, to, call, to call or text. I can be reached at 252-696-4852. Uh, do like and share this podcast if you uh, benefited from it and if you know anybody who's struggling from this issue. Uh, I want to thank you guys for joining me once again. All the best.